when you sign up to be on a spiritual path, you get tested time and time again. And, you know, one spiritual teacher says like with every up level, there's a new devil. And it's right. Like life is never going to be smooth and easy in this human experience. And so spiritual people, spiritual teachers experience all the same things um, that people who are just starting do. Our resilience might be a little bit better because we've kind of gone through it, but it doesn't mean it doesn't stop happening. Welcome to the Intuitive Woman Podcast. My name is Tina Conroy. I am so grateful you are here. If you have found me, you are a seeker of spiritual growth. I honor your journey. Thank you for listening. Today on the podcast, I have my guest, Daniel Serenk, Squamish Medium. Danielle is a psychic medium, mentor, and educator, providing clarity and empowerment to individuals and groups who value spiritual connection and intuitive living through her offerings as mediumship, soul readings, angel card readings, angel-guided sessions, one-on-one group mediumship, and intuitive development classes and workshops. I am so excited to have Danielle on the podcast. I met Danielle in my support group, Mediumship Mastery with Lindsay Marino. It has been a fantastic mastery circle with full support. Danielle speaks about her past, how she does what she does now, but we really speak about support. We talk about how the good, the bad, and the ugly of development, how we are as teachers and mediums, and how you as seeker or wherever you are on your path, we are always a work in progress. We always need support. We always need to have that ear and someone to hold our hand. Nobody is more along or better. We talk a lot about worth and you're going to love this conversation. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hey, Danielle, welcome to the Intuitive Women Podcast. How are you today? I'm doing amazing. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to have you and I can't wait to share you with the community. Me too. I'm so excited to be here. I felt very privileged to be asked to be on. So I appreciate it. Thank you so much. So we met not that long ago through the Mastery, Mediumship Mastery. And I feel like we have so much support now. And I know we're going to talk about that in, in today and explain and share with the listeners and people that are developing their mediumship, uh, how important it is to have support. But before we go there, I always like to bring uh, my guests back to a time where your childhood. So if you were brought up religious, if you were brought up spiritual or both, and what you want to share. Yeah, definitely. Um, I feel like once I realized I was a medium when I was 31, after the birth of my daughter, the rest of my life kind of made sense. I was actually raised by an atheist mom and a dad who believed in aliens. So there was like no faith in my family and I'm First Nations Canadian. So there's a lot of complicated history with the Catholic faith in my country with indigenous people. And my grandmother was a survivor of the residential school system. So we kind of had an anti-religion mindset because of that experience my grandmother had and how my dad was raised and how I was raised. But me, myself, I was very curious about religion my whole life. And I used to myself take myself to all the local churches in my neighborhood. I loved Bibles. I loved Sunday school. I went to Jehovah church and Catholic church and Christian church and Sunday school and Bible camp. And my parents used to think I was super weird. (laughs) 
I always had like this thirst for ritual, this thirst for um, spiritual conversations. So even as a seven-year-old, um, we lived in a very tight community that was like, we never ventured out a four block radius. And there was like 10 churches within that space. And so I myself was a very spiritual child. Um, and I was very spiritually curious my whole life. Even at 17 years old, I was looking towards maybe pursuing theology um, as an education but opted against it because I couldn't find something that was not Christian based. And I wanted something that was completely like neutral. Like I just wanted to learn about the world's religions. Um, as a child, my brother was incredibly psychic as well. And he, we shared a room for the first 12 years of our life. And so when my grandmother passed away, when we were nine and 12, he used to always say to me, like, don't you see her in the room? And of course I would hide under my blankets all scared. And I remember knowing she was there. I couldn't see her. But I remember as a child going to bed with like the covers up saying, okay, I love you, grandma. And I know you're here, but I don't want to see you. And that's kind of been my whole path of not wanting to see spirit with my naked eyes. But these were very significant times for me as a child. My parents took more of an interest in my brother at that time as he was older and he had more difficulties and more experiences. So they actually did see a psychic when I was like nine, but it was for my brother. Um, later on in life, he ended up, you know, I feel in some ways coping with, um, his abilities through addictions and he followed an addictions path. I was very lucky. My first intuitive experience was actually, um, with him. And I was the only person who didn't go down that path at that time. It was a very, uh, I call it like an angelic intervention experience for me when I was 11 years old. Um, and there was an experience where one of the older brothers that we were hanging out with brought out some heroin and everybody in the room tried it except for me. I just felt this pulling, uh, of like spirit, like intuition saying like, no, let's not do this. And I was the only person in the room at that moment that didn't do it. So these were very kind of like early intuitive hits, but nobody was around me that was like talking about this kind of stuff. Um, my grandfather ended up passing away a few years later and somebody gave me um, John Edwards book um, and actually James Van Prague's book. So I was like 12 years old when I was reading those. And so there's always been like this awareness and like interest in mediumship, but I never considered myself to be energetically sensitive. There wasn't enough people talking about this kind of stuff to say, oh, I've had that experience or I've had that experience. So I just kind of remained curious. Um, in my teenage years, I joined a paranormal investigation group in my 20s and I did that for four years. So I traveled the world to some of the most haunted locations because my um, interest turned into ghosts and the paranormal. <laughs> Which okay, I wait. I got I whole whoa whoa. <laughs> I gotta I gotta back up because this is fascinating. First of all, I am gonna go back to your dad with the aliens and then yeah. where you are now. So holy cow. That yeah. I'm learning so much. So this is why I love being a podcaster and making friends because honestly, everyone who's listening, this is selfish because I get to meet amazing women and just doing this is is makes it all makes it all great. So how did you go from being scared and being under the covers and telling spirit I don't want to see you with my naked eyes to haunted houses? I know, right? Whoa. Well, 
you know, around the time I was like 14 is like when John Edwards had a show crossing over, right? So I used to run home on my VHS and I recorded it and Sylvia Brown and Montel Williams, I would record all these things. And like, I was so interested in them. And Sylvia Brown would always talk about ghosts. And so I would read all her books and she would talk about like all the ghost experience she had at like the Winchester house and the Toys R Us in California. And so I started watching shows like Ghost Hunters and Paranormal State. And I became really kind of like fascinated in the concept that life continues. I didn't know then like mediumship, like the love and light of it. I was just kind of like interested in like earthbound spirits. And, you know, I have a very unpopular opinion about that now because I actually personally don't believe in like earthbound spirits or ghosts, but I was part of that paranormal investigation group for four years um, because I just wanted to be all in it. Like I have like this unquenchable thirst for spiritual knowledge. Like I don't want to master anything. I just kind of want to know a little bit about everything. And the way that I do that is like an experiential person. So I just need to get in there. It's not satisfying to me to just read it. I'm like, I need to actually experience this. So I was tasked within that group to follow the medium and take notes. And then there would be researchers after to try to research some of the stuff that the medium was saying. Um, And it was kind of cool. It was, it was quite interesting. Um, my parents again always thought I was a little bit out there. And Mm -hmm. when I came out as a medium at 31, nobody was surprised (laughs) except for me. (laughs) It was quite funny. So you refer to being 31 and after the birth of your daughter, really the mediumship becoming part of who you are, or it's always been there, but the awakening. So can you share a little bit why then and how that occurred for you? Yeah, we'll have to go back a little bit more to give it a bit of context. But um, I had a traumatic experience with a relative and he was not a kind person. And when he passed away, it was the first time I was like, what happens to somebody like this when they die? And so I actually started seeing mediums when I was 17 years old to try to like connect with them and be like, you know, does this person go to hell? Is there such thing as a hell? Like, do they make it to heaven despite what they do here? Um, So I started seeing mediums when I was 17. And every medium I went and saw between 17 and 31 said, you're a medium, like you have these abilities. And because I had this complex, because I spent so much time in churches and they were telling me things um, as a child, I never thought I was pure enough to communicate with angels, communicate with God, communicate with spirit. I thought I always had to go outside of myself for that. So I never believed anybody who told me that. And then when I was 31 and I went through a very traumatic birth with my daughter and my firstborn, um, I ended up with a ticket to a demonstration of mediumship in my tiny little town. I don't even know how I got the ticket. I don't remember buying it, but I was the first person read in the audience. And it was the first time that my relative came through in 15 years. Um, 15 years seeing mediums, they never came through but they came through first and foremost at this experience. So I went home and told my friend about it, who bought me a reading with this medium, who was like, I don't know, the 10th medium to say, do you know, like you have these abilities? I'm like, well, everyone keeps saying that, but I don't think I do. And I'm definitely not pure enough that like angels would speak to me. And she just laughed at me and she was really down to earth. She was like the first kind of like down to earth, normal person I met that was like a working medium. And so I ended up taking her intuitive development class um, for four years. And she mentored me for four years. um, And I had a mediumistic experience after the third class that was pretty life-changing for me. And when I realized what it feels like to connect with the world of spirit, I was like, that's it. She's like, that's it. I was like, well, that's my whole life. 
She's like, exactly. And wow. so it kind of was a very powerful thing for me. I'm like, yeah, like I was expecting like booming voices and like lightning striking down, but it's very subtle. And when I finally like, you know, built my power up and fine tuned the abilities, um, the rest of my life kind of made sense at that point. Yeah, I agree. And you know what? This is so important. I'm so glad we're going to talk about this because there's a lot of people listening right now that are really interested in mediumship, maybe a medium may already be a practicing medium or developing their intuition. And I I was exactly the same way. I thought there was going to be rainbows and and Jesus and I don't know what coming at and people coming through the walls, like very Hollywood, you know, very, very Hollywood. And I think what's important that what we're both saying, if you're listening, what Danielle and I are saying is it's important to get a teacher. It's important mm-hmm. to get a teacher and it's important to have support because you, first of all, it starts to become the language that you learn and the support around it, which is how we met. So it's really, it is, you know, I love that you're bringing that up because, you know, I too, I was afraid of the dark. I was under the covers. I felt spirit, but I thought it was bad. I thought it was the devil, like the whole thing. And I was brought up Catholic and then I just shut it out. Um, and then as I started to do the Reiki work and the energy work, I, there was no more pushing it down. It was, it was there. So that's mm-hmm. when I sought teachers and that's where I spoke and spoke more about it. And then, you know, if someone said to me 10 years ago, this is what you'll be doing, I would have laughed in their face. So, you know, we, it's funny how life just brings you, but I love how you said you were always doing it and then you had a context and a language and you had a teacher. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I'm always being mentored and I'm always mentoring. I started mentoring two years ago because, you know, of course, a miracle says to teach is to learn. And I learned so much through teaching. Uh, you have to get over that fear of not knowing enough to share what you know. I just share what I know. I don't pretend to know more. I'm not afraid to say, I don't know. I'll just share with you what I know. And I trust that spirit aligns the right people to me, but I'm always being mentored and I'm always trying to find, um, I think you can learn from anybody. Like you can learn from your peers. You can learn from people who are just starting. Like, I don't think that there's like this hierarchy thing within mediumship. We're all equal. We're all serving the same spirits. And so, um, I think it's too very important to find a mentor and, you know, work with somebody, maybe get a reading from somebody before you sign up for class or not, and just feel your intuition into if that's going to be a positive experience for you. Yeah, I absolutely agree. So, Bring us back to, bring us back now to the birth of your daughter and Mm -hmm. that, that ticket and you being in the room and share with us. Let's allow ourselves to go there with you. With my first mediumship experience? When, so after you had the birth of your daughter and then you went to, it sounds like you went to a group reading and you said that the person came through or you, then you went to, or maybe you went to the private reading and the person came through. Yeah. So the person that I was like really trying to seek healing from the person that really, you know, I, I always say that a lot of people's abilities wake up through traumatic experiences. It could be the death of a loved one. It could be the birth. It could be anything. Mine was like through the, the passing of my abuser. And so I call that my first spiritual awakening. And I'm very thankful for that experience because of that, because I felt like it kept me on a really um, spiritual path through my 20s and um, into my 30s. So not having that person come through for 10 years or 15 years was like really complex for me. 
So when I had the experience of like, yeah, no, that's for sure them. And I felt like the love and the healing in the room. I felt like it was like a really kind of like magical experience. And when the teacher sat with me, it was a very synchronistic event that happened where I drove, I used to drive 250 kilometers. I don't know what that is, maybe 170 miles round trip to um, take this class every month. Like I was full in dedicated and halfway there, she said, you know, I have to cancel. Um, and I said, Oh, I'm already there. She's like, okay, well just come. And me and one other lady showed up. And so she's like, I just want to try something. Cause it was just a basic intuitive development class. It wasn't mediumship specific by any means. And she just said, Danielle, just close your eyes and like, tell me what you feel. And immediately, um, I saw shadows like in my mind's eye, I guess you want to call it. And I just like knew it was a boy. I'm like, well, I feel like there's like this young boy. And then I got this name. I said, can I say a name? And she was like, of course. And I said, um, Dustin, I'm hearing Dustin. And the lady started crying and she had just lost her son, Justin. And in that moment, um, I kind of freaked out a little bit because the experience of the sitter, um, you know, somebody who had lost a child, it was very intense and she was like clinging to me. And I felt within that very first moment with that very first spiritual connection, um, the responsibility that we have as mediums. And it really kind of set the course for my development path because I promised myself then and there, like, I'm going to fully understand this language with spirit before I put myself out there and start serving people because it was such an intense moment for me, um, seeing that person needing to hear that name. And she was great about it. I didn't continue because I was really scared. (laughs) I think it was in that moment, that first moment where I was like, I was afraid of getting something wrong because I was like, Oh my God, like this woman's like holding on to me here. So it was a very kind of like cool experience. And that really kind of like turned me towards like a meditation practice for the first time, Um, really immersing myself in the history of mediumship. And I used to read texts from like the early 1800s on mediums and mediumship. I was just like all in, to be honest with you. It was pretty intense. And I had some pretty amazing, miraculous experiences energetically with spirit, meeting my guides, um, you know, getting to kind of know what it feels like on my body when spirit comes near, which I love. It's one of my favorite sensations in the whole world. Um, yeah, it was just, it's a really cool early journey those first few years for sure. I love that. I love that. So that kind of brings me to a topic is what is your thoughts on people that are developing mediumship uh, or not even developing? Well, we're all, I, and I too, like I'm very similar to you. We wouldn't be here today to develop, to continue to find teachers and to find support. It's a continuous journey and there is a responsibility to the sitter and to ourselves and to this work. So I too, I'm a constant, you know, learner and I will always continue to learn. But what do you, what do you say to the person who is doing this work or looking to do this work? Do you feel that, or do you have two questions? Do you have a spiritual practice? Do you feel like you have to meditate every day and you have to journal and you have to use crystals or or not, you know, and I, I go back and forth because I do teach a lot about daily spiritual routine as a Reiki master and Reiki as a teacher, Reiki teacher, how important it is to have a daily practice, um, just to connect to yourself. But I also know there's a lot of people that say, Oh, I don't, you know, that's not me. So where do you fall in between there? Or what, what do you want to share about that? Yeah, I have a lot to say about that too. <laughs> um, so the first few years, I did have a very dedicated um, practice for meditation, just five, 10 minutes, nothing crazy. And I had some pretty 
I don't even know, like divine experiences through that. And I really enjoyed it, but it wasn't enough to keep me going on it. And I too, I teach guided meditations. I teach classes and I do promote it as well. Cause I think, especially while you're building your power, it's a really beautiful, uh, you know, way to dedicate your intentions to spirit through the years of developing. I've been doing this for six years now. I have actually found that the number one spiritual tool is your intention you know, so it's like, even when I create my sacred sprays, it's my love and intention that I put into it that makes the magic. And I tell the user, I was like, you don't need this spray. It's your intention. That is really the magic behind the tool. So I always want people to know how powerful they are. Um, and that like, you know, even if you look at a citrine or a clear quartz crystal, like it's just an amplifier, you charge your intention into it. And that crystal is what you make it. Um, so I try to teach a lot of people to show up every day with honest intentions on what they want out of their spiritual practice, out of their day. I personally love ceremony. So that's a come, I know you and me are probably attracted to moon work because we can get all witchy in ceremony with it, but that's just kind of like a self-fulfilling need. I don't think it necessarily, you know, I wouldn't have all these spiritual experiences without it. It just gives me a way to kind of like focus my energy into something that I love and that makes me feel good. But I know even working with spirit, um, you know, I, I use the word prayer, which I know would probably resonate with you. Um, but I tell people, I'm like, my life is one big prayer right now. I just spend as much time as possible talking to my own spirit, talking to the world of spirit, telling them my intentions, telling them my fears, thanking them for working with me despite them. And that is part prayer and part intention. So, um, that's how I kind of have my spiritual practice. I'm continually talking to spirit. Um, and I find like I get a lot of magic out of that in my life. Um, and I love how our mentor said really recently, um, about how she teaches people very early on to ground after sessions, but after a while you actually don't need to. And I felt like what she was saying was like, our intention is, all right, I'm off the books right now. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go be a mom or going to go grocery shopping. Like, so I feel like, um, when we kind of like have faith and trust in our intentions, then we realize we're all we need. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, we always hear that, you know, energy follows intention, intention follows energy. But I do think as we start out as seekers, as a lot of us start out, and I see a lot of this in my students, they're buying all the crystals and they're buying the Oracle and Angel cards and they have the pendulum and they're meditating every day and they're journaling every day. And as beautiful as that is, at some point it's, okay, what's your intention? And all these things, if that's what's going to connect you over time, just like it's it's a tool, the citrine, the rose quartz, the rituals. I love the full moon and the new moon and all of that. But you're right. It's just the intention. So it doesn't have to be so... Um, what's the word? Restrictive. Right. Or, right. Yeah. And I find too that when you lean towards these tools, it kind of sets you up for some insecurities that are unnecessary. Like I have people who come to my classes, like I haven't meditated all month. I'm like, so what? Take it easy on yourself, right? Spirit's not going to punish you because you haven't like sat for five minutes a day. So I feel like it puts a lot of added and extra pressure on people that spirit doesn't want for us. So if it is a way to actually initiate a curiosity, awesome. I love it, right? My house is covered in crystals right now, but I don't feel like I can not do a reading without like holding a specific one or whatnot, right? Yes. I think they're pretty to look at and they carry a vibration that I want around my house. 
Right. We can't get attached to them. I think it's also when people get attached to, I have to hold this a certain way and do this a certain way or this and this and this won't happen. And it's a gateway. It could be a gateway into having all these wonderful things. The other thing that I want to touch on is there's also this, because we both teach and both mentor, is... And I think you'll speak to this too. Let me know if this happens. Is I see a lot of people that have the bright, shiny object theory. You know, Mm -hmm. they're doing a million courses at one time. They're trying to gather the crystals and the oracle, and and it's like whoa. And that's all good, but then they do nothing with it. They have all these things, and then they do nothing with it. And I always say because I work spiritual as a business, you know, we can move. That's another whole topic, but after a while, you already have it. So now apply it and move into the world and allow yourself to share. There's so many people that will take more and more courses, more and more courses, more and more certifications or you know, all these things because they're not ready. Mm-hmm. And then they're doing a disservice to themselves and they're doing a disservice to spirit. Do you see that too sometimes? Absolutely. And you know, we're in this like really... I blame Hay House to be honest with you, but like we're in this like crazy world right now of like certification, certification, certification. I mean, it's just, it's just bananas. And as adults, I, you know, I work in the corporate world as well and I teach adult learning and it's all around experience. Adults don't learn by reading and, you know, seeing they need to do it's experiential learning. So you just need to kind of get out there and practice and find safe spaces, find a development group, um, somebody who you can actually like sit with online or, or whatnot to kind of like apply what you have learned. And you'll probably realize that you're going to end up doing it your own way anyways. So, you know, but I too like the courses, especially I'm so curious about how other people work. So when I sign up for some people's, uh, like Aboriginal medium, Sean Leonard, I signed up for his course. It was very one-on-one, but the learning for me is like, I just want to know how you see, like, how do you hear? Not because I want to see and hear about that, but I'm just so curious about how it works for other people. Cause I realize it works differently for all of us completely. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So there's a difference between like relying on these certifications um, versus being like curious about, just curious about it. Yeah, I agree. I also think that I said this the other day to somebody and I don't remember who, but a lot of us as spiritual teachers, I'm going to just say, you know, for both of us and people are listening to as spiritual teachers and mentors that we are, we're for the most part, we are who we are, right? So we're, we're, everybody is their own person. The concepts, the things that we learn, the things that we share. I know you have a very um, active Instagram channel, Instagram story. So go check her out, guys. Squamish Medium. Um, did I say that correctly? Yep. Yep. Okay, cool. You did. Good and, job. <laughs> and so when we share things, we are sharing... We're, we're really learning from others and we're sharing them in our way. But we're not... It's nothing new. You know what I mean? Like the truth of the matter is, is that we're learning all this information, how it comes into us, and then we're allowing it to be shared or processed out. But if you look at any famous, I'm using air quotes, spiritual teachers, they're saying all the same thing. It's just Mm -hmm. that they're delivering it a little differently. And so when you step back, if you're in this new journey, if this is like your new journey of spiritual journey and seeking, it's like, oh, look what she said and he said and she said. After a while, we're all saying the same thing and it's mm-hmm. who we resonate with at the time. And there are seasons. I too have worked with different people at different times. And in that season, 
they were um, impacting me. And then in a different season, there might be somebody else. So I think that's important to know as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I even say that on my podcast um, very clearly. I'm like, you know, when I speak about like these energies, I'm not trying to speak for the entire world or collective. Spirit knows who's going to be tuning in. So this is for you. And I trust that whoever is aligned to hear my voice and and picks it up will resonate with the messages here. Um, So I think too, as spiritual teachers, you can kind of get caught up into this like um, like rat race, right? Like, oh, look how good they're doing. Look how good they're doing. And it's like really good to stay focused on this is just my message and I don't need 10,000 followers. 1,000 is good enough. And I just trust that maybe 25% of people will pick up what I'm putting down. And that's awesome for me, even if only one person picks up what I'm putting down. And so that's kind of um, the social media world when it comes to our business for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that makes you who you are and that makes you authentic and it makes you real. And I think in today's times, people want real, people want authentic. And and I think that it's a it's a challenge being out there, right? Because once you're out there and you're in the social media, we both are out there, there's the good and bad of it. But mm. I'm not going to be the... I always say that... I learned this a long time ago and this is so true. I had a spiritual teacher that said, if you go to a spiritual teacher or healer or reader and they are like, they have it all figured out, Run, run right. the other way because honestly, we're all a work in progress. So, I want everybody to know that I have my stuff and I don't have it all figured out. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to share the good, bad, and ugly sometimes. And yeah. so, but I'm also going to be, you know, I am a person. So, you have to find that balance. But when you are seeking a teacher, you want to resonate with them, but they're not the end all. And if they're saying this is the way and the only way, run. absolutely yeah and I struggled for my first few years and teachers finding somebody who was willing to be vulnerable because I left my first few years of development thinking I'm not a good medium like I experienced all these hang-ups I experienced all these like doubts that nobody was talking about so when I was looking for a new teacher this year which was how we met all I cared about was somebody who was vulnerable I'm like I need somebody to, to give me specifics on things that happened to them that are kind of happening to me. So I don't feel so alone. And that's the beauty of the group. I mean, it's been by far in six years, the best thing that I've come across um, is just finding peers that you can talk to um, in a real way without feeling less spiritual. Because I think that's why a lot of people don't open up about the good, bad, and the ugly, because they're afraid of being perceived as less connected or less spiritual. And that's BS, right? Because when you sign up to be uh, you know, on a spiritual path, you get tested time and time again. And you know, one spiritual teacher says like with every up level, there's a new devil. And yep. it's right. Like life is never going to be smooth and easy in this human experience. And so spiritual people, spiritual teachers experience all the same things um, that people who are just starting do. Our resilience might be a little bit better because we've kind of gone through it, but it doesn't mean it doesn't stop happening. Agree. I completely agree. So before we close and we share with the listeners where to find you, is there any closing remarks or anything you want to share with the listeners? Yeah, I kind of just want to say, and this is something that came through for me in spirit last year when I was kind of like in a low, low, and it was really around like the worthiness issue that we all seem to be having right now. And just be very clear that you are worth and worthy of an amazing life. And only you can really create that for yourself. So when it comes to the development journey, when it comes to the spiritual journey, you need to know that 
your spirit team is going to work with you as much as me and Tina's. And you are worthy of that connection. You are worthy to be a channel and of service to the world of spirit. So if you feel like you are not, if you feel like I'm not ready, do a little bit of a worthiness check. Check in with that solar plexus. Do what you need to do to kind of like bring up what's holding you back. Um, really kind of like do that deep work, right? The, there's that wonderful book, The Light Side of, um, or The Dark Side of Light Chasers. It's a really great book by Debbie Ford that talks about this, but that's the number one thing I see holding people back from an amazing, joyful life is the fact that they don't feel at some deep rooted level that they are worth it. So my best advice for you is have some sort of mantra, do some solar plexus work and just like know from the depths of your soul, because your soul knows that you are worth an amazing experience in this life. That is beautiful. That is beautiful. And that is really so many, so many women, because I work with women and men, really have such the struggle, um, worthiness. So I appreciate that so much. And I know that there's someone listening right now that needed to hear that message. So, so beautiful. Awesome. Where can people find you, Danielle? Well, as Tina said, I'm most active on Instagram. I love Instagram. Um, I love stories. My feed is a little bit pretty because I'm a Virgo. And so I like things <laughs> pretty, but my stories are more raw and real and just kind of like my daily life and memes and things that I find kind of funny. Um, so you can find me on Instagram at Squamish Medium. Um, S-Q-U-A-M-I-S-H medium. I live in a very small town in Canada called Squamish. And uh, you can find me on my website, squamishmedium.com. And I also have a podcast called Spirit School, which I hope that Tina will also be on for me. So yeah, I look for her on that one too. Oh, I can't wait. So thank you so much for being here. I could speak to you all day and it's been I know divinely, it was a divine timing that we are together. So I love that we continue our support together in our, in our mastery circle. So thank you so much. You're welcome. Namaste. Namaste. I hope you enjoyed the show. I loved creating it for you. Below in the show notes, you will see all of Danielle's information. Follow Danielle on Instagram at Squamish Medium. She has an active news feed and loves Instagram stories. Instagram really is her jam. Find her on her website, squamishmedium.com. If you're looking to develop your intuition, I would love to have a chat with you. I will leave below a link where you can connect with me and have a conversation. Set up a call and let's see if we're a good fit for intuitive coaching. If you enjoyed this episode, please share with a friend. And always, may you have a blessed day. Namaste. Namaste.